0: Happy Hail Mary Day. It's our number one of the G-Bag Nation. Zach Wolchuk alongside Brian Bratis. Lucius Alexander. Carter Freeman, who's ready for some Oklahoma bowl game football later tonight, wearing his hoodie. Lucius Alexander repping the SMU Mustangs right now after they just played in the Fenway Bowl. That was interesting. Rainy, muddy. SMU not able to get the dub against Boston College, but pretty cool seeing football being played at Fenway Park there in Boston. 877-881-1053 to join the conversation on the truckrake.com text line. We got Barry Church, former Cowboys safety, coming up at 320. Former Cowboys head coach Dave Campo to talk about Jimmy Johnson and congratulations to Darren Woodson. This is the year, right? Absolutely. Reg. where you at. It's not a Geno Smith thing, but this is the year. We finally get Darren Woodson with a gold jacket as he did make the finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. They voted on that yesterday. He was announced, uh, along with some of his fellow former players, Eric Allen, Jari Evans, Rodney Harrison, Fred Taylor. Fred Taylor, buddy, and nice. Yep. Uh, we had Antonio Gates and Julius Peppers, who are finalists for the first time, along with Jared Allen, Dwight Forney, Devin Hester, Torrey Holt, Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne. But hopefully, Darren Woodson, your Cowboys all-time leading tackler, and finally get enshrined in Canton, Ohio. Uh,
1: last night, very late, I was—I got a text message from a national voter. Okay, not a Shereen Williams or Rick Oslin or a Clark Judge, any of those guys, but a national voter in the Hall of Fame committee. I won't say who it is. He asked me my five votes, my five people. Okay, can I give them to you real quick? Please do, man. Here's my here's my ballot. I told him Darren Woodson. Was with him and Roy Butler in two stops. Woodson was, was so much more of a complete player than Butler thought about ever being. Devin Hester. He was the Barry Sanders of kick and punt returners. What a weapon. Fred Taylor. Was with him in Jacksonville. Could score anywhere on the field. Super tough with the ball in his hands. Julius Peppers. Effortless in the way he played. Didn't appear to be playing fast, but he was. Super smooth. Could break down blockers with precision. And my last one was Patrick Willis. Injuries robbed him of an even better career. Never came off the field in college or pros. Relentless. Had to account for him every snap. Compared to Jeremiah Trotter coming out, I drafted Trotter in Philly. Outstanding player, but I would take in Willis all day. That's the five I gave to this voter.
0: I mean, it's hard to disagree with those five. I think you nailed it there.
1: I had some decisions. I I just, mean, but the, I the receivers
0: are tough, the, those the receivers, three receivers. The
1: receivers are very tough, and I, I, if I had to kind of rank them in myself, I would think I would have taken the guy at Houston.
0: Andre Johnson? Over, See, I think I would take him, yeah. Over
1: Torrey Holt, and Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce were damn good. And Bruce is in. Yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying, though, when you start to talk yeah. about but, I mean, those two were right. I mean, if yeah. you're going to
0: put Bruce in, obviously, Torrey Holt at some point is going to need to get in as well. Yeah. We did get a question. You have talked about this before, so I know your answer, but who was better between Leroy Butler and Darren Woodson? Oh, I, 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 Darren I been, Woodson. I've i been
1: with both. I've yeah. been with both, and I'm very blessed to have a Super Bowl ring with Leroy Butler. Darren Woodson was the best football player that I've ever been with in my whole career, and that includes the Reggie Whites, the Brett Favre's. Uh, you know, that <laughs> – sorry about that. No, you're all right. All right. Mama but,
0: gave me eight of them flap checks. Said, Mama, take away five of them flap checks. I want to stay hungry for the Crimson Tide. Yeah. And if you're a first-time listener, that is Brett Favre's Keith Jackson impression from NFL Films way back in the day. Way back so in the anytime, day. So, any time number four for the Green Bay Packers is mentioned, rules are rules, and that is a rule now in the G-Bag Nation, carried over from the nosebleed seats, yeah. I have to do the Brett Favre-Keith Jackson.
1: Well, you did. You do a great job with that. But, yeah, I, I absolutely I, – I've been with Jimmy Smith, wide receiver in Jacksonville, Tony Boselli. You know, bit Fred Taylor. Been with some great players in in my my career here, and uh, Darren Woodson it, by far is the most complete player that I've. It, it, he here's another one. Never came off the field. Could cover any position, tackle, smart, uh, ball hawk. Yeah, just everything about him. I mean, the way he lifted the game of others around him. Roy Williams was a different player without him on the field. You, know, you Roy Williams' career. And Roy was a fine player, but without Darren Woodson, he was just a kind of a guy, you know, because Woody was able to to direct him to say, hey, here's what we need to see. This is what we got to go is, you know, be ready for this. There's so many things that Darren Woodson did. And, hey, we've, they, there's some Hall of Fame guys. I, I, I respect Leroy Butler. Leroy Butler's not as good a player as Darren Woodson is.
0: Well, Sorry. heck, I mean, we know the history of the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, he's the all-time leading tackler in Dallas Cowboys history. There's that, that says a lot to me.
1: Look at all the defensive players in the, you know, of the guys of, I mean, all the great defensive players in the Hall of Fame. And Darren Woodson is the top tackler of that Amazing. franchise. How is he not in the Hall of Fame? That will get, I think that will get rectified this
0: year. We do have pure gold, as always, coming up here, five hours of the G-Bag Nation. We have a Dallas Cowboys ticket giveaway in the 5 o'clock hour, so make sure you're sticking around for that. It was on this day in 1975. Roger Staubach closed his eyes, said Hail Mary, and threw a 50-yard game-winning touchdown pass to Drew Pearson, yeah. fellow Hall of Famer, to defeat the Minnesota Vikings. Nate so, uh, an amazing day in Dallas Cowboys football history. We also did get news. Now, it, it is funny because Jordan Schultz reported I did this. watch that game. Did you not?
1: I, no, I saw it. I, I saw the game.
0: I'm surprised you weren't there. You didn't no. travel to Minnesota?
1: No, I'll tell you what. that get yourself was... some... That would have been juicy re- Lucy burgers. I will tell you what, juicy Lucy burgers would have been good. By the way, we're doing Jamaican food tomorrow for lunch. So I'm excited about this. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, but we got, uh, yeah. I mean, going to the old, the old, uh, the Met. That like would the, have been the, cool. that would have been very cool. Yeah. Like to hit old playoff game. There's some divey stadiums back in the day. Gosh, I wish I'd have gone to the, the
0: diviest? of the dives of the
1: divey stadiums. That was a divey one. That was really that in County Stadium in uh, Milwaukee. There's some divey stadiums. Around the league, I hit I hit a lot of them. Yeah. Unfortunately, I hit Ivy kind of guy. Unfortunately, I hit the I hit the old cookie cutter stadiums in the seventies. All the, the Three Rivers and Riverfront and the Vet; uh, they, those were all like those stadiums that were made in the seventies. The, the multi, dives in
0: the soup kitchens. That's our guy, Brian Broad.
1: The us. multi the multi purpose stadiums I seem to
0: hit them all. Yeah. I, love it. I, love, and I love you for it. I really yeah. do. These are these feats of strengths. But yeah. uh, talking about Dak Prescott, Jordan Schultz has been making the round. He is a part of Bleach Report and Fox Sports 1. He was with uh, Ocho, former Texas Longhorn, and friend of the station here as well. I know Jared Sandler went to St. Mark's with him. But Jordan Schultz updating us on Dak Prescott and his contract status.
2: Dak Prescott, Schultz, he is a front-runner for MVP, but I'm hearing the streets are talking he might be the highest-paid quarterback this offseason. True? False? Talk to me about it. We're saying big facts, baby,
1: you know why? Because he's gonna get between 55 and 60 million. Now, we already seen Joe Burrow get that 55 number. Dak Prescott has an opportunity to reset it. I think the floor is around 55. Remember, both sides highly motivated, and don't forget, he has a no trade and no tag clause. He has all the leverage. I was just at owner's meetings in Dallas. There is no question that both Dak and Dallas, Jerry, wanna get that thing done.
2: Okay, break this down for me. How are the Streets speaking in this matter? Because remember, the first time it was time to pay Dak, the Cowboys, they tarried, they delayed, paid Zeke first. Now you're telling me they're gonna cut a check to make him the highest paid? In the NFL? Right right in that class, absolutely.
1: And over the last eight games, 25 total touchdowns, two picks. He's playing like an MVP. He has an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. Okay. And he is he's a Dallas Cowboy quarterback in the sense of Staubach and Aikman. That's the type of season he's having, and he has earned it. And remember, we don't see great quarterbacks go to free agency. If he doesn't get paid, he becomes a free agent after next season at around 31 years old. Yeah. That does not happen. That's not going to
0: happen. And uh, I did love Ed Werger dunking on this when it was posted on It's That's not Twitter. news? Said this is news that's not news because this is something we've known about, right? We're all expecting Dak's contracts up. Cowboys aren't going to mm. let him go anywhere. They're going to pay him. And currently Dak is tied for the 10th highest paid quarterback in all of football with Daniel Jones and Matthew Stafford. So, mm-hmm. you know, everyone will freak out. For those of the, the people that love Dak are like, hell yeah, pay that man his money. I want Dak to get paid regardless. I'm always going to side with the player, and if the Cowboys want to use that as an excuse for team building and oh, there's not enough you know pieces of the pie to go around, that's a bunch of bull bleep. Don't feed into that. Okay, that's an organizational problem. You can always find a way to make that work if you want to. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would expect that this offseason at some point Dak's going to get paid.
1: Yeah, and there's the there's the folks out there that will argue the other side of this of like, well, okay, we're two and four in the playoffs, and you know, and and. Uh, you know, right there, they were comparing Dak to the Troy Aikmans and the Roger Staubach. Right, uh, those are Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. You know, and I think there's a they part of the fan base, and I I I hope I'm not speaking out of turn here, but I know my timeline and my mentions, and I know I'm working this radio station for the last you know four years having this show. There is a divide out there of wait a minute now, and I understand quarterbacks get paid. You know, but there's a fan base, a group of the fan base out here that is absolutely adamant that, like, well, well, how about some playoff success? You know, how about how about a Super Bowl win? Now, is that completely Dak's fault? No. You know, should the front office help him more? Absolutely. Have they tried? Well, you know, drafting CeeDee Lamb when they probably could have taken a, they were looking at, you know, edge rushers at the time and others, you know. Uh, you know, they, they've, I think they've tried, you know, adding Tyler Smith, I think they've tried, you know, bringing Tyron Smith back. I think they've tried. So yeah, it, there there is a there is a there is a great deal of of the fan base that is totally on board with Dak getting his extension, and then there's a part of the fan base that is completely. Uh, saying right now, well, how about some playoff success? Sure,
0: absolutely. Before
1: this, before this even happens, there's
0: going to be a lot that are already dug out. They yeah, they don't believe that's the guy. Nope. he never will be the guy. But as he's, I can hear, about, bo- I
1: can hear both sides right now.
0: Yep, he's got the pen and he's got the opportunity to finish writing that story. And he yeah. certainly has an opportunity in a wide open NFC right right now, where we're looking at maybe the Rams, are the most dangerous team, uh, team that they've beaten. Now they're yeah. very, very different to the team that came into AT&T Stadium earlier yeah. in the season today. That'd be a much different conversation. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would just it, it, regardless on where you stand on that just expect Dak Prescott to get paid this offseason be the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys yeah. for the foreseeable future yeah and, i would, I would uh, say so hopefully they can continue to build around yeah. him and this team ends up being complete and you can go win a championship because that's what we all want to see here as uh, fan analysts dak, of the Dallas Cowboys. dak
1: and, and 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 his and Todd France have played this perfectly by the way they play i mean it didn't it seem like just 2 years ago we were talking about a dak contract extension and now he's already. That's why playing. they want to do the short term deals. Uh, it, and
0: then every. And so Dak's going to get paid. Everyone's yeah. going to freak out. Oh my gosh, he's making $55, 60000000 yeah. But then what will happen is we look up t- two years around, he'll be back toward, towards the bottom of this top 10. Well, it's just. every next quarterback's going to end up upping that. That's just what happens now.
1: Give Dak and his in, in France a lot of credit because they've gotten back to the table already. So it's uh, mm, good for them.
0: What the hell happened uh, to the Stars and the Mavs last oh, night? Oh my God. This was horrific. Now the Stars were down two to nothing. Right at the end of the second period, they get a goal. We're thinking, yeah. all right, here we go. It's two to one. But my gosh, the Blues netminder just stood on his head in the net. And the stars, had 37 total saves. Stars were peppering with chances there. They pulled an yeah. empty, pulled uh, Wedgewood towards yeah. the end. Had an opportunity. They had one look. I thought they scored, and then unfortunately, the last 30 seconds or so, they end up giving up possession of the puck. to get out of their own zone. Couldn't get out of their own zone. But man, trapped, the yeah. stars fall two to one in St. Louis, which was a bummer. And then I'm thinking, okay, it's the Seth Curry game. He's helping out. He's draining threes left and right. Mavs are going to be just fine. And then Karis Levert decides, um, I'm now going to show up to the party. I think he had 13 points here in the fourth quarter. And the Cavs rally from once being down by 20 points to knock off the Mavs in Dallas, the AAC, 113 to 110. And now Luka is not going to playing, be playing tonight as they travel to Minnesota to take on one of the better teams in the Western Conference in the Timberwolves.
1: Yeah, the back-to-backs seem to be tough now, Luka. You know, I'll tell you what, though, the, the Mavs had that game in control and then all of a sudden they could not make a basket it just even you know it it was they they started off really well in the game shooting threes and then it, and then it got just progressively worse as the game wore on at the end they couldn't even buy a layup uh you know some I mean mid-range they shots stop. i think it was couldn't like a get, yeah it, run. it it was crazy that they couldn't uh, I, I i i i saw it described as a smash and grab victory for uh, <laughs> the uh for the, the the Cavaliers and you know yeah but But it's funny, at the end of that one, too, the Cavs tried to give it back to you with a, you know, and you're thinking, okay, out of a timeout with eight seconds left, you're going to probably get a good shot off. But man, like Luka gets trapped. They try to get the ball. You know, it just it just was chaos at the end and never even got really a good shot off, got the thing blocked uh, by Curry. And so, you know, here we go. You know, unfortunately for the Mavs, they blow a big opportunity, a big lead and, Give the Cavaliers credit for, uh, for staying after the game. they were down at 21 point. I also want to say this about the, the stars and I learned this from the hockey Hawk today. Uh, when you play after a break, mm-hmm. they make you fly the day of the game. So you have oh, really? to come in. It's a collective bargained uh, part of the hockey um, the hockey when you're coming off the winter break that they have, the Christmas break, uh, that you have to travel the day of game. So, so yeah, so the the uh, stars had to get on a plane yesterday morning and then get to uh, get to St. Louis to play it. Now you're saying Brian, well, hell, it's not. It's only a two hour flight. Ain't like they're going to have to play the Kraken or something like that. But you know, it's something that you just never know. Uh, Does that affect your team? Does it affect your routine? Not making excuses. St. Louis played well last night. They really, really did. But man, bad sports night all around. It kind of took into cut into my tape watching. I got yeah. mad and said, I'm going to bed. It was. Gun- I didn't-
0: See, I, I actually did the opposite. I'm like, you know what? I'm not focusing on this. I'm going to just dive right into, you know, watching the tape. And so yeah. I watched the Iowa cornerback, Dijon. I got a little draft rush on him. This kid's good, he really? man. Six foot one. Yeah. He doesn't look like a corner. He's got a weird build to him. Is he like uh, with the like high super cut? Super stocky. Oh, super no, stocky. No, he's a real thick, dense type oh. of player. Oh, wow. Okay. But, and I think he could play safety. He could play corner. He can be your punt returner. Yeah. Uh, he had three pick sixes last year for Iowa. He was the one that won their game against Minnesota with the punt return for a touchdown. Wow. But he's just got a nose for the football. He hasn't officially now. He's one of these guys like Dane's got him mocked in the first round. Yeah. So that's what we're doing right now. Yeah. Just going the, down yeah, the list. But he hasn't officially declared. And oh. I'm hoping he does. He's not one of those guys that decides to go back and I just wasted. You know an hour watching him.
1: Now you did that with the you did that with the uh, couple of guys
0: last year, Jared Verse. Yeah, you did that with the guard, BB, the guard from Kansas guard State. From Kansas who, State. Oh man, I love that kid too. But we'll get into draft conversation at four o'clock. We'll talk about some of these quarterbacks and some of the upcoming bowl games. Who are someone if you're into the draft, you need to watch these bowl games because uh, they're going to be some of the big players that we'll discuss. The Longhorns, by the way, have landed in New Orleans for the Sugar Bowl matchup against Washington. Boy, that one is going to be fun. We're looking forward to that. Let's uh, rank the NFL owners. From worst to first. Mm. I saw this from The Athletic. Where's Jerry? Maybe Brian can add us a little fun details on what he knows about some of these owners as well. And then we'll get the G-Bag of the Day next on The Fan. Just a few moments away from G-Bag of the Day. segment brought to you by Soda. that state-of-the-art weight loss. And Frankel and Frankel. And appreciate everybody rocking with us here in the G-Bag Nation. I saw this probably about a week ago. The Athletic went ahead and ranked the owners in the National Football League from worst to first. And you would think, like, as an owner, I think Jerry Jones is a very good owner. He was, uh, I think he really does care about,
1: I think he cares about his team a lot. Yeah. Did we always make the absolute best decisions? No. Did we listen to too many outside voices? Yes. Has that changed? Yes. You know, I think they're doing a better job of focusing and trusting their own eyes and own opinions. It's not about Barry Switzer or Dana Bible or other guys talking about these players. Yes, they do their research, they ask questions and stuff, but they've really done a he's I think he's done a much better job of surrounding himself with people that actually are really very good evaluators. And I think that makes a huge difference. We uh we didn't do a very good I didn't I didn't feel like personally coming from the programs I was at didn't feel like I did a good enough job for him, uh, you know, and, and help, you know, and there's some things that I believed in and some things they believed in, and it just, you know, it didn't always work that way. But uh, I think he's got a better crew around him. It's made him a better owner. It has, It's it's translated into wins and losses, you know, because they're winning more games.
0: Absolutely. And
1: they're being more consistent that way. They've got to figure out a way to build their team in order to handle Going further, they're yes. very good at winning this division. They've got the division figured out when it comes to competing against the Commanders, the Giants, and the Eagles. But they need to figure out the the next step. How do you deal with a team like the again the Forty Nine ers? Uh, you know that uh, that are built in like a different way, a little bit more more of a physical way than what which you is right now.
0: is a bit weird because you would, I mean, growing up in the NFC East, you are thinking that's bully ball football, right? You know, well, th- that that's rich in the, be physical. In the,
1: yeah, you know the the Eagles play the Eagles play a physical football game with tush push. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you look at overall the RPO and they're running, I mean they they've got an offensive line that is built to they throw the ball well with the line. They've got it's a lot of pin and pull stuff. It's more athletes, but. You know, you, you think about just you know, banging on somebody like that. You're right, right,
0: because the Giants offensive line not good. Not and they've Giants tried, but they just haven't hit on their Commanders,
1: commanders are I, I thought the commanders were really a quarterback away. And I I, I really did believe I really did believe that uh, this current kid that they had was gonna be a better player. They just they've got they've got to do something
0: different there. So the two on four said I bet Jim Ursay or David Tepper are the the worst owners. So the criteria they used for this is wins and losses for owners after the NFL approved their purchase. Okay. It's so good, a guy like Josh yeah, Harris of the commanders. He's going to
1: be, okay, Bidwell. He's behind on this. Bidwell, the Bidwells in Arizona probably are the, you know, I know that the texture talked about the the, the two mentioned, but
0: the, the Bidwells in Arizona have been god-awful. They have been bad. Yeah. Uh, the Bidwells actually because they had a they're at twenty five thirty one yep. and forty four. Well, now I think they're thirty one and forty five because yeah. they've played an extra game now since this list came out. But they're at twenty five for the Cardinals. You do have, of course, Josh Harris because the team hasn't been any good, and this is only his first year owning the Commanders. He comes in at last. Shad Khan of the Jags is yes. at thirty one. He's been very frustrated in Jacksonville for the inability to get a stadium built there.
1: So. I got some guys in mind if you want to sell your team, sir. There
0: you go. And then David Tepper of the Panthers, to yeah. that Texter's credit, did come in at 30 as he's well, really, really been struggling since he bought the
1: team. Yeah, they're struggling because he looks very uh, in uh, looks very unsure. Uh, he seems like a guy that's very, very involved, and he doesn't trust the people that he's hired, and that's a big problem.
0: John Mara of the Giants comes in at 20 of the owner rankings.
1: John Mara is a... Uh, and and you also have got to include the Tish family in that, too. Mara-Tish family. So I think the Mara family historically have been pretty good for football, though. Myself.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and they've got a couple of Super Bowls here in recent memory. Yeah, they sure do. Well, They I mean, stay
1: out of the way. They really, really do stay out of the way. It, uh, it's the apparent per-
0: their GM is very important.
1: Well, it's very, it's very important, but they, they're they an organization that doesn't believe in firing their GM. I mean, if you look at their—if you look, I mean, Ernie Ocorsi forever— ran that team and uh, before that george young ran that team they just have never really liked to change uh the coaches nor the uh, general manager
0: jerry jones coming in at number 11 on the list 16 and 14 playoff record 3 and 0 in super bowls uh seven of the eight coaches hired by jones had or have winning records including mccarthy whose winning percentage for the Cowboys right now is well over 600. Yeah, we're going to be one that doesn't have a winning percentage. Uh, Yeah, that'd be the one that doesn't. Yeah, Yeah. Dave Campo coming up at 5 o'clock. But we love you, Coach. We love Coach. Jones' failure to replicate the postseason success he enjoyed with the roster Jimmy Johnson built in the early 1990s did not stop him from Mm. earning Hall of Fame in Yeah, The economic vision that Jones brought to the league remains a huge part of his legacy. Winning another championship, though, would bookend his career.
1: Yeah. He's a, You know, Jerry Jones is a pillar of the national. Matter of fact, Jerry Jones is, has made the other NFL owners billionaires. Him coming in the league, when owners wanted to share revenue with NFL properties and all that, Jerry Jones just showed every NFL owner that you could take your merchandise sale and make it into a huge uh, money-making arm, part of your team. And what he's done with the legends and the hospitality and all that stuff, is made these other owners billionaires, and you know, anytime that they want to bitch and moan and complain about <laughs> Jerry Jones doing something, well, they need to they need to look at their bank accounts because True. he's made them all
0: billionaires. Facts. Jeffrey Lurie of the Eagles comes in at ten.
1: Loved working for Jeff Lurie, really did love working for him. I mean, a little bit of like that character John LaRiquette in Stripes, you know, with he goes, "Are these my men?" No, sir, you know, and he's that little like commander guy. He's got a little of that to him, but I'll tell you what, man, he's a guy who will let you do your job. I really appreciate him uh, trusting me and Mike Lombardi to do that
0: draft. Number one, because this is based on a winning percentage, it is Robert Kraft of the New England Patriots. Yeah, that's, uh, and a lot of that's due to Bill Belichick wow. and yeah. he's, and Tom Brady, and he's Tom now Brady, about to have not either of them.
1: Yeah, Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, big-time big time thing. Uh, their scouting department needs to have a change, though. They need to do it a little bit different,
0: I think. Uh, and by the way, Black and Gold B wants to know, hey, where are the Bensons? They're number two. Gail Benson of the Saints yeah. at number two because they were tremendous under Sean Payton uh, yeah. having a bunch of winning seasons. All right. Let's throw things into the Pimp Cup. Lucius Alexander for today's G-Bag of the Day.
2: <laughs> Had to clear my throat.
1: Pony up in there.
2: I had to clear my throat. Yeah, I watched it from the very beginning too, man. Kelsey was, look, was uh, looking
0: good though. Like yeah. those
2: unis were fine. They were looking nice. Yeah, the Dallas little old touch, oh, a little yeah. sauce on it. But got our young quarterback, rain man. Out there. Yeah. Young guy, young, young quarterback. Guy. He'll get
1: it. He'll get it together next yeah, year. Yeah, I get it. It we'll would be all right,
2: man. He representing Dallas though out there. That's Absolutely. pretty cool for him. All right, so our winner and champ of G back in the day so far is the Kelsey Bros. What is this day number three? Three. Isn't this the longest week ever to have a day off during this week? Because yes.
1: we didn't do one Monday, right?
2: Right. It's the longest week ever, bro. Yeah. This feels like a Friday hit. This is a Thursday. Where are you, Friday? Yeah.
0: So they're going for three time. Right. Is it? Yep. Did they win last Friday?
2: no no no. lucius gave us this on Tuesday.
0: tuesdays okay lucius brought it up on just making sure
2: yeah i know it's good for you bro (laughs) i used to keep (laughs) scoring all right new heist podcast uh
1: the kelsey bros are talking
2: about the water guys that are out there on the field you've seen them why don't players squirt their own water that is such a good question
1: (laughs) honestly somebody comes up to me with it already like right here
2: yeah and all they got to do is just go around from person to person and just like do you want one i can shoot you real quick yeah it's way easier than handing the bottle and handing it i don't know it's maybe not that much easier but it is convenient
1: you kind of just know when somebody reaches up to squirt you to open up your mouth squirt yeah and Mm -hmm. then you just get squirted But you don't always, like, they don't have to do the squirting. You can do the squirting sometimes. But, you know, when you develop a relationship, you just know when you're about to get squirted on.
2: You develop the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. You got to have a good relationship with a person squirting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to just be letting randos squirt on you. I'll let a teammate (laughs) squirt me sometimes.
2: There's context clues and everything's out there. Sometimes. you you know. That's football,
1: man. That's football. (laughs) That's why you get squirted.
2: All right, let's see what I got for you boys. Oh, Atolo sent me this. Said it sounds like R.J. Chompy. Uh, this man right here in Philadelphia, I mean, not Philadelphia, San Diego. Oh. Seen him, well, he thought he'd seen himself a UFO. Okay. And so he wanted somebody else to come out there and look at it. But I'm just only playing it because it sounds like R.J. Choppy. This is not a nominee, by the way.
1: Oh.
0: Sarah, get out here. <laughs> what the, f- what is that?
1: That's choppy, bro. That's choppy. That sounds just like it.
0: Sarah,
2: get out here.
1: Come on, man, that's choppy. Which one of these guys is Chuck? Which one of these guys is Chuck? Which one, is, one is? Yeah. I'm so confused.
2: Let me see. Sarah, get out here. Yeah.
1: The, that's him.
2: What is that? Come on, man. That is him. That yeah. Tolo
1: did you. That's a good one. Yeah. Tolo shout did out. right there.
2: Yeah, shout out to you. Yesterday's a church day. I hope you got your blessing and everything. Uh, shout out to Reverend Ike. He's with God now, but he gets you right. Pastor Freddie Haynes over there in Oak Cliff. he gets you right. This is the wildest wildest uh church testimony mm. that I've ever heard. I got a testimony. Too, 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 I got a testimony. Hi my name is Tiny Mancy. And I'm a backslider. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> um Bible said the food on the food makes the minds out of God. He's nothing to be played with. What? And food in the heart says there's no God, but God is real. I used to come home drunk from school, laying up with men, out there prostituting, mm. having all the in my mouth,
1: <laughs> licking balls.
0: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Remember you
2: in prayer. <laughs> Anyone else have a word from the Lord or testimony?
1: <laughs> no. Wow. No, we don't. Kind of stole the show, didn't we? Sure did.
2: <laughs> sure did. Wow. I'm not going to follow that one up.
1: Yeah. That's, uh, yeah.
2: Hey, you know what? Uh, Mad Dog Russo. Yes. You know what his daughter got him for Christmas?
0: No. Uh, you pill guys, bottle.
2: Take a get pill bottle. Wow. Edibles. Ed, wow. Good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Good one. Oh, and you know you my daughter got, got me Lord? For Christmas, don't you? What? What? we <laughs> <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> <laughs> not No, you should not stop. No.
0: Gummies! gummies! He'll take uh, half of it. I don't believe him. Age. I don't
2: think he's taking half a gummy. Hell
0: no, Lord. he's not. That's a whole not. lot of cap.
2: He's saying that for television. Oh no, no. Yeah, that's a whole lot of cap.
1: He realizes there's people out there that don't do gummies, but 75% that do watch him probably do. Yeah. yeah. At least yeah. he's being honest and yeah. open about yeah. it, not hiding.
2: No. Yeah. Uh, I got another, another church clip right here for you. Hope you get your blessing.
1: hmm
0: God! I get rid of these old toys and... Messed you and picked up in the porno houses. Oh. Got you nasty yourself. Come on, you going to cause cancer down there. What? Oh, come on here, somebody. The devil is a liar. Look at your neighbors. if you're doing it, you're nasty.
2: I don't think <laughs> <laughs> there's any scientific proof to that. Oh, man. Uh, and it's crazy to have to, like, bleep out uh, church clips. Yes, <laughs> yes. This happened in church. I they have to bleep it out, bro.
1: Hey, Lucius, our buddy Derek Eagleton at DallasCowboys.com said when you played that church service, he almost drove into the ditch. (laughs) You're doing that. You're making people drive into the ditch. Laughing at this.
2: What else we got out here for? Oh, do you guys see that Florida couple at the airport had a whole meltdown? Oh. Oh. You Only see in that? Florida. You, yeah, oh, is this the one with
0: the dog right there? <laughs>
2: I don't. Was the dog there? there? There
0: was a dog right there. I think it was a service dog. And at the end, he's like apologizing to the dog. This might be a separate clip.
2: It might be a separate okay. clip, but I might want to see apologizing that. Apologizing to the dog. I like that. He's apologizing to the dog. That is such humans. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to apologize to the human. No, the not dog. to the yeah. human,
0: <laughs> the dog. <laughs> no, I s- no.
1: Sorry, champ. Sorry you had to see that. <laughs> uh, yeah, this <laughs> had a whole <laughs> they had a
2: whole meltdown right here at the airport. Oh, okay. The flight was being delayed. Oh, one of the one of the couple, one of the guys from the couple was like, "Hey man, calm down. You know, we're trying to make this flight. Think about the girls. Remember the girls. Remember the girls."
1: I'm Remember your girls. You don't. You don't care about girls. You don't care about the girls. You don't care about the girls. And You don't care about the girls. Hello everybody. Just American Airlines. It's over. Sorry. Here we go,
2: Dustin. Here, I'm not kidding. You know. Don't talk to me anymore. You don't care about girls, so I want to tell you about just Shelby sorry. and Dolly. Shelby and Dolly. Shelby and Dolly. Remember, gonna do them. do it. I'm gonna do it for you. Shelby and Dolly. I said, Shelby and Dolly. Remember, remember them. Shelby and Dolly. Remember them. Yeah, keep it cool, man. I'm just trying to get home to girls. I have motion uh, paper towels. Away. Away. Fuck off, bitch. Oh. No. Oh, remember the girls. Remember the girls, Shelby and Dolly. Yeah. Who do you think the girls are, Shelby and Dolly? I was looking at the comments. People said it was probably two pomeranians. I'd say. Uh, I two would say. Cats. Yep. Two <laughs> cocker spaniels. Yep. <laughs> two poodles. <laughs> two poodles. <laughs> 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 two poodles. <laughs> <laughs> two poodles. <laughs> Shelby and Dolly. Yeah. It's my favorite part of this clip. No, hold on. <laughs> Get back when he finally <laughs> just said, "I'm gonna let it rip in front of everybody."
1: Uh,
0: Hello, everybody. Just American Airlines. Just over. Yeah. (laughs) Leave this over.
1: (laughs) No question. Oh, that's good.
0: Hello, everybody. Just American (laughs) Airlines. Just over. (laughs) Just say I've had it. Remember the girls. Just remember the girls. Uh, there's a lot, I think there, there's a lot there. That's hilarious. That, that, that could, be be a, okay, could be a – okay. This is tough. This could be It's so yeah. good visually, too. Yeah. is. All right. I'm Harvey Milk, and I'm here for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Let's get to voting. Is it uh, the Kelsey Bros looking for three-time status? Is it the RJ Choppy vocal doppelganger? Is it uh, our first church clip talking about balls? What? Mad Dog Christmas. What? Uh, we got porno houses. That's a church clip. Or is it the couple losing it at the airport? Lucius, you want to kick us off with the voting here?
2: Yes, the wildest church testimony of all time.
0: Is that yeah. the it's first one, like a little right? substance
2: <laughs> yeah. uh, issue yeah. going
0: yeah. on with her. Yeah. She says she showed up drunk. Yeah. You're going to go for that, too? Uh, absolutely. I'll yeah. vote. Uh, yeah. All right, so that'll be our champ. So I'll vote for the couple <laughs> losing it at the airport just to yeah. give them some love. So th- they've done it. The church clip. Uh, talking about all kinds of weird stuff with that testimony. We'll hear that back at 540 LA Live every day here in the G-Bag Nation. Uh, we got Krusty's Corner coming up next. Where are we going?
1: Yeah, let's talk about this Detroit Lion defense. I think there's a couple places you could attack it. We'll do that
0: next. Thank you, Lucius. We'll have NFL news of the day coming up at 3. We do have a Cowboys ticket giveaway for Saturday night, a historic night with Jimmy Johnson being inducted into the Ring of Honor, that will be in the five o'clock hour. We will be talking with former Cowboys head coach Dave Campo at five. But right now, it's time for Krusty's Corner, and here he is, King of the Crusties. Brian Bratis.
1: Thank you very much, there, sir. Um, I went to dinner last night with Bennett. This yeah. is the conversations you have with your son when you're, you know, he's going away. The first thing he does, we sit down, and he has a chicken fried steak that a show dog couldn't jump over. The thing was. Huge, boy. Yeah, so that in the side of mac and cheese. So I was so proud of him for eating a big old full meal. But he he goes, Dad, what do you think about? You know, it's, I was thinking about that thing with Kelsey and and how they threw the ball across the field. And yeah, he goes, Who do you think's gonna come up with that first? Who's gonna make that as part of their attack? Who is going to figure out how to lateral? And he goes, Yeah, it's really risky. And I was sitting there just thinking, and then. Yeah, we were kind of going back and forth. I thought, man, that was pretty cool. Just like another, who would come up with a way to, to, you know, throw routes? And then this morning I woke up and he sent me a clip already. There's a high school team that throws the ball out and they do an
0: option. Holy crap, I just saw that. Did you see that? It's a speed. They, they run the speed option yeah, they throw on a it, wide receiver bubble screen. Yeah,
1: they throw a bubble screen, and then the inside receiver catches the ball, and then you have a trailer. It's
0: so awesome.
1: And it and as soon as the defense commits to the ball, they they pitch it, op, back. They pitch it back, and nobody's there to –
0: It was so – I think it might have looked like and it this, was happening. We
1: yeah, we were talking about this last night of who would come up with, and, but it's like, damn, Dad, they're already doing it, you know? But it's – you you wonder about you know, the, the way some of these coaches are so creative with the way that their play calling is, and and you know how do you you know that that that, that ball that Kelsey threw? I, I mean, that perfect. that's perfect. It's a it's a dangerous play, and it is. this minute you fumble it, it's going to be everybody's going to be screaming at you. But man, if you just kind of perfect it, maybe get you. I wonder if there's a way the Cowboys could do this. You throw it
0: out, the bubble screen to CeeDee Lamb or Brandon Cooks. You have the other one trailing behind. And then you option option it out. Yeah. Be awesome to
1: see. Pretty option. Pretty good. All right. uh, We're going to talk about these Detroit Lions on defense. And I mentioned, I think there's a couple of places that you could probably attack. But I'll I'll give you the particulars real quick about them. Uh, They're a very aggressive front seven. They like to attack the line of scrimmage. They like to bring pressure from the secondary. I've seen both safety blitzes from these guys at different times during the games. They'll bring linebackers as well. You have to be aware of this due to what happened in the Dolphins game. Cowboys didn't do a very good job of picking up those uh, the linebacker blitzes. Didn't see any safety blitzes in that game or corner blitzes, but the linebacker blitzes were a problem. And the and the Lions will do that. And Aaron Glenn, their defensive coordinator, is. He's all about trying to create pressure up front. And so he'll play a lot of uh, zone coverage. And and what's interesting is the metrics will tell you that they've played zone coverage about 67% of the time. In zone coverage this year, these guys have only allowed five touchdowns the whole season. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's the third fewest in the NFL. So we'll see. I've got a study going on right now. By the way, Zach, I've I've got all of Dak Prescott's games broken down where against two deep, against uh, single high, man coverage, zone coverage, you know, how he fares. I, I need to pull that all together this weekend and do that for one of our segments here coming up
0: that would be fascinating yeah
1: just to let you know about how he attacks man and how he attacks zone
0: so here as you look at their defensive line and i know you'll yeah. go through probably in but how are they in the middle
1: yeah that's the 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 the, the, the edge is going to be the problem here, okay. but the middle is the middle is this is is actually pretty strong when you look at in how they play they've got a couple of guys that are you know that 330 pound range uh uh, Bento Jones and Isaiah Bugs okay. are both their defensive tackles. Jones is not the tallest player. I think he's right around six one, but he's super wide. And he does a lot of the dirty work uh, inside for the lines. Uh he's anchors down well against the double teams and hustle, you know, to kind of kind of a sneaky speed when moving along the line of scrimmage. Bugs is like Jones, and he's massive. They're both like, say three thirty. And they, they do a good, he does a good job of keeping his feet moving and, and head up to locate the ball, and they got power inside. So what they try and do is they try and push you in the middle, and then they use this Aiden Hutchinson on the outside. And Aiden Hutchinson will likely play on your, over your right tackle, the majority. Now he'll move, but he majority of the time will play as the left defensive end. Okay. And so this is guy, we all kind of have an idea of him. we've seen him before coming out of Michigan. He's a second year player. He's kind of a long, tall, kind of a guy that towers over you when you you watch him on tape. He's all over the field. He's always working to the action. He's a true nose for the ball. Uh, He's got really good hand techniques when it comes to, like, using his hands to get off blocks. He's got some upper body power to him. He's a little twitchy. You know, for a guy so tall, you would figure that that would be a little bit of a problem with him moving, but he gets off blocks. He's got a variety of pass rush moves, and he uses strategy. You could tell he's not a, just a one-trick pony rushing the passer. He's got strategies of how he's going to break you down. So the lower body flexibility, he can put himself in really some good positions. And so just going to have to account for him in this game. I think the most important thing of dealing with him is you absolutely have to play to the echo of the whistle with him. Because what will happen is if you just kind of back off a little bit as the play is continuing, he will find a way to make the play. He makes more pressures and sacks of just outworking people. Okay. Like, his, they'll hold up in the secondary. Uh, quarterback holding the ball, holding the ball, holding the ball, and then now he'll find a way to get a pressure or get a sack because he just keeps outworking everybody. Like I mentioned, their linebacker's solid group, Jack Campbell. We talked with uh, Zach Martin about him yesterday. I would kid. Yeah, and Alex Anzalone. Uh, Anzalone is the, if you need talk about pressure, and the Cowboys struggled with the linebacker blitz last week. Anzalone has 26 p- pressures this year. That's the second most pressures by an off-ball linebacker in the NFL. Wow! So they're going to try and uh, get him involved. I would not be surprised if they test the Cowboys early and often. If they, if in fact that their blitz pickup stuff is is uh, is is on par, because he will definitely rush the passer. I mentioned Campbell. Mm-hmm. He's a big guy. He's like a quick downhill reactor. Really good instincts, plays with great awareness. At times, I think he's a little too aggressive, and you could fool him. But he's powerful in that upper and lower body, which gives him able to separate from blockers. And coverage, he uses his length to impact throwing lanes. So when he drops into zones and stuff, you can kind of see he's using his length to try and keep the quarterback from throwing the ball over the top of him or underneath him. He's got really good range, and he can see and react to multiple threats when it comes to the passing game, but not as twitchy as uh, like, you know, like you probably like a linebacker, but really a powerful guy. All right. Where I think you could, you can make some hay. And by the way, in the secondary, uh, this crew, this has got, they have got the two of the best safeties you're going to play against all year. Melifonwu Wu and then Kirby Joseph are the two that are, are outstanding. And then you throw Brian Branch in there as the nickel. Oh, Alabama. They got Alabama. In the round. Yeah, and he has been outstanding. So these guys can create a lot of problems because what happens is they'll blitz Melifonwu, they'll blitz Joseph, and they'll blitz Branch. So now you've got safeties blitzing and a nickel blitz. Wow. So they're going to test you. they got the linebacker and then all these other guys. So when these guys are around the line of scrimmage, get ready for some type of pressure coming. And I, another thing with these guys is, I don't think you can float the ball on these guys in coverage. Yeah, you know, if you, if you you're late, yeah, they they they're they're going to intercept. Melifonwu, Joseph,
0: Melifonwu had the game winning pick yeah. last week. Yeah, game the division title.
1: They are they are branched. They're all really good with ball skills. So Dak has to be really sure where he's going with the football. Can't float it out there and hope for the best. Got to make sure these guys are ball hawks on the back end. Okay, the problem they have is. I think you can attack this Cameron Sutton, one of their cornerbacks.
0: Well, that was their big free agent acquisition from yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah,
1: they they he really trusts his footwork and technique, but there were snaps where you see him lose his man, especially when he has to carry that receiver for any length of time. Okay. So, as much as you can match anyone up on Cameron Smith, he wears number 1. I would take I would take a, a shot at going that route because I feel like though that again, he will find ways to not fully stay engaged in coverage and connected in coverage. They're hopeful that they're going to get back Jerry Jacobs back this week. They've kind of worked a couple of different guys at corner, but they're good at safety and they're good at the nickel. The corners, that's something that the Cowboys probably will need to take advantage of in this game.
0: Okay, thank you so much. That's thank always you. great. Rusty's Corner every day at 240 here with Brian Brodish, your Super Bowl-winning NFL scout. It's a, it's a pleasure uh, to be able to have him here, and he's certainly a great resource for us. Let's do some NFL news of the day on the other side, uh, and we've got the latest on Mr. Unlimited, Travis Kelsey's sideline frustration, and Harbaugh talking the NFL. That's next.